I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Frank Film Club, the club for lovers and makers of film. I'm Maisie Williams. I am an actor and producer. I'm Lowry Roberts and I'm a filmmaker and producer. Hello, I'm Hannah Williams and I am a casting director. And welcome to our club. Take one. Hi everyone, Hannah here. Welcome back to Frank Film Club. Today we're going to be talking about the absolute piece of art that is The Lost Daughter. Um, and can't wait to speak about it, but how you girls been this week? Fabulous. Been real good. Took another yoga class, uh, but I did a hot yoga class this time and um, I nearly died. It was... <laughs> no it was amazing it was amazing but it was um it was really really hot and I had to sit down and have a sip of water a couple of times um and yeah it was it was a bit much I always think whenever I go because I used to go to hot yoga quite a bit and I always used to think like every time oh god I can't really, really can't wait to like cleanse my soul blah 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 and then you get in there and you're like I'm gonna die like there's nothing graceful or gracious about how I feel right now it is like hellish and then you leave and then you're like oh, I'm so pure <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're always like remember your breath and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> trying to like do a slow breath and I'm just yeah I took my friend Beth to one before and she literally looked like she wanted to kill me <laughs> she was fuming <laughs> she hated it it's like that film Rum Fat Boy Run when they do the spin class together you see that and then yeah. they try and walk down the steps afterwards oh that is literally what it feels like. I really need to go to one. You're busy doing your netball. Oh, this is true. One thing at a time. Yeah. Although it was, um, because it, it's been so stormy and it's outside. So it's oh, been no. a bit wild recently. <laughs> <laughs> Fending for your life. Well, that's the thing. I thought they were going to call it off and they were like, no, it's fine. I was like, is it? <laughs> yes, netball girls. That is hardcore. Well, I am off crutches, so that's my update. <gasps> Yay! Yay! That's so good. So, um, we're going to be speaking about Lost Daughter, and I'm so excited to chat with you about it, because it's, it's one of those films that I feel like I probably asked you about five times, did you see Lost Daughter? Did you see Lost Daughter? And now I was like, okay, you know we're doing the third series, let's do Lost Daughter. Um, I watched it uh, for the first time when it came out on Netflix, and I rewatched it last night. Um, and I, I think it's beautiful. So um, it's on Netflix. It is Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut. It's starring Olivia Coleman, Jesse Buckley, um, Oliver Jackson Cohen, Paul Mescal, um, Dakota Johnson. And it is about um, Olivia Coleman's character Leda and she goes away. And over the course of the film, we learn about how she um, left her children and um, and she meets um, another mother who she connects with and it's just all about motherhood and love and sex and work and um, our identity as women which is all the things that I love to speak about on the rag so um, with that in mind what did you girls think? 
Well, I feel like, first of all, it made me really want to go on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> and then after a bit, it made me absolutely petrified to have children. <laughs> <laughs> but amongst all of that, I just thought it was absolutely incredible. And what a cast. They were so incredible. Fantastic. I really enjoyed this film and I thought it was an incredible directorial debut. I thought the cast were incredible, but I think there's something about the story. I think the sort of mystery film isn't my, isn't my bag maybe. Or it's not a mystery, but I don't know. That's what I'm going to say on that. Well, I'm so happy that we've got a difference in opinion amongst the three of us. And I've I've got to admit, actually, the first time I watched it, I did feel a little bit hungry at the end for um something else like the ending wasn't clear enough for me but I uh, yeah tell me Maisie what what do you think it is about it that didn't like truly satisfy you I even if I didn't know that this was based on a book I would think that it was based on a book because there's a lot of characters and like they all seem like they're really interesting but I didn't get to know them that well. And I feel like you can get to know them a bit better in a book. Like when she keeps the doll, in a book you can kind of describe like what drew her to do that. But like when you watch that in a film, you just think, what are you doing? And there's no like explanation for it. (laughs) Um, And I think that there's so much of this that is kind of like engulfed in like her psyche and like her memories. And I just, I don't know that I love how that translates on screen. Do you think that feeling is like you wanted to understand Lady more and you felt like you didn't really understand her intentions and all that stuff? Yeah, I think that's probably it. I didn't really understand, yeah, I didn't understand all of her decisions um, and I love Olivia Coleman, but I was rooting for her because it was Olivia Coleman and not because it was Leda. I, d- I don't I don't know I I completely get that but there's something about her character that I don't understand but I like understand at the same time and I think this is exactly why Maggie Gyllenhaal wanted to do this book and wanted to do and there's differences I haven't read the book but I've I've listened to a lot of interviews now and there's big differences between the book and she just took um uh yeah creative agency over what how she wanted it to translate like for instance the um the biggest thing that was like really missing as a clear narrative was that um Leda, younger Leda, is very evident that she comes from um a very similar motherly background where her mother's like absent or um not happy, not content in her situation, which then goes through and it's about like violence against women as well, somewhere in there in the book. Not too sure how that translates, but anyway, it's not like truly in there. But Maggie has said that she wanted to do something which was showing a complex female character um, because she thinks stuff like that all the time. Like there's no depictions of motherhood that are truly like honest and show any side of it that is bad unless it's done in like a postnatal depression way. Well, what happens later on, you know? Um, But I I get that and I think that's where it's like... um, divided a lot of opinions maybe that's what it is like maybe maybe because I've never seen anything like this I'm like oh I don't like it and that's not actually like 
that much of a valid reason it's just because I'm like there isn't anything like it yeah I guess she's just a complex character I suppose I don't fully understand why she took the doll now that I'm thinking about it more but and then and then I know when I was watching it I was like at one point I was like why didn't she just give it back and then I was like well no because you wouldn't because you'd be like well because then they're just gonna think they're gonna know and so then I was like understand felt like I was understanding her a bit more but no, I think I I think I actually really loved the character. I think that she took the doll to like at some point be the savior and give it back. It's interesting cuz right at the well, I'm sort of going a little bit off maybe here. But at, at the end when Jesse Buckley as the younger lady says like you can't take the girls back to to their grandmother. Yeah, and you sort of got a little bit more context as to like Leda's upbringing. I did really value that and it's interesting that that's more prevalent in the book uh, because I think that that does give me a bit more understanding. Um, Doesn't justify it. I just, it felt like she just kept making things more difficult for herself, which is pretty, I mean, that's, I have been known to do the same. So (laughs) no judgment on that. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm actually talking myself out of this. I don't know. Okay, so we've spoken about how incredible the acting is, which is just chef's kiss. So um, it's been nominated for loads of awards. um, And this is the third time in history that um, two actresses have been nominated to play the older and the younger version of the same character. Ah. So, yeah. So Jessie Buckley and Olivia Coleman, best supporting and best um, leading actor at the Oscars. But do you, can you think of any other um, films where there's one which is like classic that um, has had two Oscar nominations for two people playing the same role? Oh, I really can't think. I'll give you a clue. Yeah, give us a clue. The older version throws something into the ocean. Oh, Titanic. Yeah. They were both nominated. I swear she was only in like two scenes. Gloria Stewart is her name and Oscar winning is her game. Well, she didn't actually win, but <laughs> she was nominated for Best Supporting. Wowee. I had no idea. Because she wasn't in it very much. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. I think that what I love about that as a premise is just that you manage like this film just gets told across two timelines but like it really gets told across two timelines and there's not one side that's just like a side salad and the other side that's like the main entree like you get a real good like depth of understanding of like her life before it's good writing bloody good writing bloody good writing so um what did you think about them separately playing the same character maggie has said that she doesn't want to try and trick the audience like they don't need to be exactly the same and I was also watching an interview with Olivia Coleman and Jesse Buckley and they didn't do much work together which I found really interesting they just decided on an accent and then knew the backstory and then wanted to see them as two separate characters and how much they've changed over time so they didn't need to have the same mannerisms what did you think about them as the same person? I find that really interesting that sh- that they didn't work together at all because I definitely didn't notice a... It, it, it definitely wasn't jarring. Like, that fact... I wouldn't have known that at all that they hadn't worked together and 
um, yeah, didn't really know, come at the character from necessarily exactly the same place. And I thought they both did it. I think they both did it really well, actually. Like, I think that's worked out in a really great way. But I, I'm very surprised by using that as a technique. Because um, I kind of think that that is quite an important thing to it for Olivia Coleman to at least know where Jesse, how Jesse was going at it. Yeah, not the other way around. It just it just seems like from the whole process that Maggie chose the people that she really wanted and really trusted them, and gave them so much space. Um, so let's let's talk about the directing then because. You know, she's an incredible actress who work spans 30 years, you know. She's so experienced and worked with some incredible directors. But yeah, so she um, would do things with the cast, which I just really, really liked. Um, one of them is that she would go up to the actors and like whisper the note or the direction in their ear or something to think about for the scene in their ear rather than announcing it. I felt like that took away the pressure of like the boom operator thinking, oh God, she didn't really do that, did she? <laughs> mm, yeah. And it just being about her and Maggie and, you know, what they wanted to get out of the scene. Yeah, so um, this was a lockdown project. No way. Yeah, well, it was, they were meant to be filming it in New Jersey and they ended up filming it on a Greek island. So um, they all spent all of this amazing time together on this island in Greece. And you can really see it. Like there's this weird like love, especially between Dakota Johnson and Olivia Coleman in the film, but in interviews that I've seen since, they can't stop staring at each other in real life. It's so amazing. Like there's such a, a strange chemistry, like feminine energy between the both of them. It's really lovely. And obviously that's just so clear. My God, when they look at each other on the screen. Yeah. yeah. That was, I, yeah, really couldn't get over that on, on screen. I'm really intrigued to see them in interviews now as well. But it was like, wow, they're kind of like in love. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I don't know why that is or, or it's because they can just see themselves in each other, I think. Um... I thought that it was stunning. Mm. Yeah, I could, I really kept, I couldn't tell how Dakota, how Nina felt about Leda. And I kept thinking like, I just thought, yeah, it was magnetic. And as you're saying, it was like, is this infatuation? Like, is this a threat? Like, yeah, is it like two women seeing eye to eye, like uh, through motherhood? Like, I really liked how the push and pull of that. And I also thought Dakota Johnson's like styling in this, um, she just looks so different. And I think that like it just sold the character of Nina like so well. Like, I wouldn't think of Dakota as like the first person to for, for a role like that. And I just, uh, that's the thing, Maggie's like got a good imagination, like being an actor, like playing a lot of different roles, like giving people the opportunity to do something different. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, definitely. She was actually attached to another film and she disattached herself to come and join this film because she was just like oh, I love that this is she wanted to be seen as something more than like the roles that she'd been cast in before and um yeah she was able to do that with this and you can see I didn't realize it was her at first and then when I did I was like whoa this is yeah this is cool seeing you in this character so yeah she uh she definitely did it 
nailed it and I just at this stage want to give a little shout out because this film was cast by a amazing casting director called Carleen Crawford who is my mentor and has been my mentor well she was last year through Women of Film TV and she's so talented she cast Jessie Buckley in Wild Rose you know when that came out which was like really her break and um although I think Maggie really did have a lot of um, say in who she wanted in the principal roles, I just think it was just executed so beautifully and she's an amazing casting director, so I just want to... Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Stunning work. Okay, so um, I wanted to just speak about the themes a bit with you because, um, as we've said, you know, very complicated character, something that we don't see enough of in my opinion because I think that um we see a lot of stories about bad dads do we see a lot of stories about bad mothers what does it mean to be a good mother can we be good all the time I know none of us are mothers um we all have mothers in some capacities um but yeah I just what did you what was your feeling when watching this Larry earlier you said you don't want kids anymore so (laughs) let me know what you think about that (laughs) yeah I just absolutely love seeing a woman who's like over 30 who's got kids and who isn't enjoying it and who's having the worst time because I I want to have kids I'm terrified that that's is what's going to happen and I feel like surely every mother goes through that at some point whether it's like to this extent or what I don't know um and however I don't know how they deal with that but you don't see that on film or or you don't see them if they do leave it's like that was like the worst thing they've ever done and there's so many regrets but she's like she actually doesn't regret it because she when she left them she felt amazing and she was like free and then she came back and like so many dads do that and that's in like that's what you see in films and I feel like it's probably does happen quite a lot in real life but you just don't see it so I felt very as much as I'm terrified to have kids I felt it felt very refreshing to see this yeah it's not great to abandon your kids but it happens and it doesn't make you a terrible person it doesn't make you a great person but like you're just human I kind of don't want to call her a bad mother because some of her choices aren't good But, and like, it makes me as a viewer, not a mother, but a woman, feel really guilty and feel really like shameful. And it, of course, is those things. But like, if it was, if it was a guy, like, we wouldn't feel like that. We'd feel like, oh, like, you've got to do what you've got to do. Like, you'd want to identify kind of like with him. And I just, I don't want to like slam this woman down. Yeah, I, I just, I've never seen anything like this before. And I, um, that line um when they have the last you know altercation in that in the flat and she gives the doll back and she says um oh my god I feel like emotional just thinking she says I'm an unnatural mother and like that's not the most natural thing in the world for a lot of people to feel like that they they can just physically just get on with it and do it and like that they'll be fine um and I just I I just although maybe the story isn't like quite there for for a lot of people I think that because it's out there, hopefully it'll inspire more work about female expectation. Like Ben did like Beckham. That was about female expectation and what we should do. And then nothing was made after it, right? So hopefully something will be, something more will come from this. Yeah, agree. And I think what this film does so well is just show a character that, yeah, she has she has children, but it hasn't dampened her her existing desires she still has all of these things that she wants from her life 
but she has these kids and she I think usually when you see a mother it's like oh they just it's a whole new part of their life where they've just cut off the old them and their old needs and wants and it's not healthy like that's not a good mother either I don't think like that's not a good role model to just say like you'll drop everything for another person like you have to have you have to have your own drive in life even if you're a role model and even if you're someone's mother like you still need to hold on to that I think um and perhaps that's what the scary thing is is that she thinks I don't want to drop my whole life and devote my devote everything to my children and that's such an overwhelming concept and she thinks the only alternative must be to completely dip when like there is a balance and you can have it both but like as women we just don't experience what that looks like as often and we don't see it as often and I think that that's like an overwhelming decision to have to make on your own. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now it's time for In, in the, the club. club. So now it's time for In the Club and we are so delighted because we are speaking with two of the producers of The Lost Daughter today, Osnat Handelsman, Karen and Talia Kleinhandler. Um, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, we've spoken about the film already quite a bit and we all love it and the themes and um, everything that you did with the film. So first of all, there's two of you and you work together quite a lot. So I wanted to know where that started and how your partnership works. Basically, I had a produ- the production company and I was kind of producing um, since I was like 24. And, um, and I was kind of at a stage where I was trying to figure out what was next and I was looking for someone to join me in a way, but it wasn't a very specific looking, like I wasn't very active about it. And then finally... Um, we met for like a lunch and Osnat had been working in distribution um, in Israel in a big distribution company and was actually just leaving there. And kind of we just had lunch together and we got along so amazingly well that we decided there has to be some way that we should work together. And since then, basically, yeah. we've been together. Um, 11, 12 years? <laughs> 11 years, yeah. That is uh, brilliant. Um, and so how did you guys come to The Lost Daughter? How did that begin? Well, we produced we we produced an Israeli film called The Kindergarten Teacher and decided that there was another story there, another version of this story that we wanted to do and we wanted to remake it and do it in the English language. And Maggie, who's Maggie Gyllenhaal, came on board to produce and star, and star in the film. And by, yeah. by the time we finished working on The Kindergarten Teacher, 
we just said, okay, if you would direct, what would you want to direct? And she said, I would love to do an Elena Ferrante book. And we started looking for the rights and, and um, got to the Italian publishers and realized that actually Days of Abandonment was kind of occupied. And they suggested The Lost Daughter, which we all read over a weekend, fell in love with the book, felt like it was saying something so true about our experiences in the world and kind of putting out there something interesting and real and risky. And we said, okay, this is what we want to do. And uh, yeah. then we were... The rest is history, yeah. as they say. <laughs> that is so incredible. What a story. Uh, and so with The Lost Daughter then, with that adaptation, how how did you find that? Like, how was, what was the journey taking it from book to screen? Well, I think the moment we decided that that was the book... Maggie just started writing and the script was ready to be shared after less than a year from when she started writing it, which is incredibly remarkable because a lot of times you develop a script for so many years. And then um, the way we work a lot of the times is that we, with the filmmaker, um, create like we, we develop the script, then we cast the main leads. So when we take it out to the world to finance it, it's what we want to do. Like everyone coming on board already has the vision and, you know, kind of the bones of, of the story and what this is going to be. So they're coming on board to the filmmaker's vision. Um, and so we, we were thinking who could be Leda, you know, and Maggie said it would be amazing if it's Olivia Coleman. And let's just ask her. And if she doesn't, uh, if she doesn't say no, it will be amazing. And if she says no, I'll be devastated, but I will recover. And then... Uh, um, but we wouldn't have recovered. Yeah, we wouldn't. Maggie would. <laughs> but, uh, and, and luckily for us, because really working with Olivia is such an incredible gift. And uh, besides her being so talented, she's just such a wonderful person that creates this incredible energy and support, you know, uh, to everyone on set. So, so Maggie took her to lunch. Yeah. And uh... <laughs> they drank a little bit. And she said yes. And then I think the next thing was Maggie and Olivia were talking about who could be younger later. And Olivia said, have you seen Jesse Buckley and Wild Rose? We went to Jesse, who read the script and the book over a weekend. <laughs> Once we had the two ladies, we knew that, that that was, you know, it was very clear what the project was. And we started looking for the financing. And at the same time, we were also um, looking at Dakota for for Nina, which of course was also a wonderful, exciting uh, choice. And when she came on board, when Dakota came on board, that's it. We were just, um, you know, just moving forward. The film was financed. And actually, <laughs> we launched the film in the Berlin Film Festival of 2020 in February. And we were there, we launched the film. It was wonderful. We were meeting with, you know, distributors around the world. And Ty and I flew back to Israel and on the fourth day we were back, we were sent into quarantine for COVID. And throughout COVID in the beginning, we just kept working, all of us. You know, we were prepping. And then um, I think around May, it was very clear that we, and we were supposed to shoot in Jersey, that there's no way, like Jersey was the heart of the pandemic at that time. And Well, the U.S. generally, just things were very, were not very good at, at the time we wanted to shoot um, and we, in May, where we needed to kind of... Make a, decision. Make a decision. And this is when we started looking at other options. And we've been producing, you know, through the European system, which is very much about co-productions and flexibility. Much and, like in the UK. Yeah. You know, but. 
so we we started okay maybe we should go to Canada but that was a bit tricky because we were a very international um, crew and cast and then Maggie just said we said okay where could this can where can we set this and she just said what about Greece because then she I am as much as her point of view as like a foreigner coming in to this vacation that's I am that as well so I can tell that story and that was beginning of June. We contacted some wonderful friends of ours, a wonderful uh, German-Greek producer. That we've worked with. That we've worked with in the past. And we, Tanasis Karatanos, who's incredible. And we said, okay, what's going on in Greece? And we realized there's a 35%, which is now 40 tax rebate and incredible crews, incredible locations. And they were also just opening up for the summer because they needed the, you know, the tourism and the numbers were very low in Greece. And so we could actually get everybody in, which was one of the biggest challenges. Um, so yeah, so then Maggie, like, brilliantly just kind of adapted the script to Greece. And, and also that was something amazing because not every director, when faced with something that seems like, oh my God, like, what do I do? Change the whole script. But Maggie didn't see it that way at all. Like, because the, the essence and the bones of the script actually didn't change. It was just adapting it to the new location and put sprinkling it with some spice that was a little bit different. And I think in the film, it's it's astounding that it wasn't written for Greece because Greece is then the island and Spetsis is like a character almost in the movie. Um, so I think to us, you know, I mean, you know, that was just a, a brilliant, uh, confident move that she was able to do that as well. You know, that she felt actually that, no, actually, this is right. And it worked so brilliantly, I think, in, with the with what we were doing. You you said that you'd taken it out kind of like pre-COVID um, and something that like we're always kind of working on is like packaging something and working with first time filmmakers. And although Maggie, um, it has been in the industry for uh, a long time and has a lot of experience like being on film sets um, with it being kind of the first thing that she directed, like what challenges did, did that pose? Like, did you have to jump through any hoops? Like, was there that same trust, even though you yourselves saw this in her and knew this was right? Is there any forces like from above that that made that challenging or or anything? Well, I think, you know, always there are these there are these challenges i think this to begin with is a very complicated drama about very difficult things you know and i find always when actually you're going out with a project with a complicated real woman female protagonist everyone asks the ridiculous question which is is she likable and you know like all these terrible things which I don't even understand what that means because I'm not so likable all the time and you know there was a lot of that and of course yes I mean there were questions about about a first-time director but I think first of all Maggie when you speak to her and when she speaks about her film it's very clear she had a very clear vision and I think people could get behind that you just need to find the right financier who believes in you you know and who who sees things the way you do and you know it, it's not always easy but you just have to keep going until you find the right person I mean I think we had other people along the way who were willing to finance us for less money because she was a first-time filmmaker or they would finance us for 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 the same money but maybe that we felt the conversation creatively it's a it's a test of courage if you can keep going and just until you find the right fit knowing that maybe you let go of something that's you know, not going to come around again. So I think we were very lucky, but also we believed very much that we had something that was very powerful 
and the three of us, you know, it's not Maggie and I, that we really, really had something of value, you know, and something important. And so we wanted to make it right. And I think we were, yeah, again, very lucky to find these wonderful financiers who gave us that exactly what we wanted in, in all, you know, in, in the two things that mattered, which is enough, just enough to give us the days that we felt we needed to shoot the movie and the freedom, the creative freedom, because they understood what we wanted to do and they were on board with what we wanted to do. And rightly so. I mean, it's doing so well. Yeah. Congratulations, by the way, on, yeah, the success. But do you also think with Maggie's previous experience, like how did that then influence the film on, like I, I assume in such a positive way with the, like working with the actors? We keep saying that we were just so selfish. We were dying to see a Maggie Gyllenhaal film, you know? And I think we weren't alone. And thankfully, a lot of people now will be waiting for every film that she does. And I think there are a few crucial things that she brought. Um, First of all is that she wanted the experience on set to be a wonderful experience for everyone to feel seen and loved and to have a great set where everyone can speak their mind and have space, which is tricky when you're a director and you don't have enough days. You know, you have just enough days and you're under pressure of time and the sun is setting and there's noise and there's like all these things that are going on. And she did create that. We we were all like this huge family. We loved each other. We We gave <laughs> space for everyone. And the other thing is that I think she... Be, she, the way that she directed the actors was, uh, for me, you know, a lot of times as a producer, you sit by the monitor and you're listening and you're listening between the takes and you're you're watching everything that's going on. And watching her work as a director was incredible. Yeah. The way that she approached them, the way that she knew that she needed to have a different conversation <clears throat> with each one of them um, and but give them was- a lot of love. Yeah, but it was also a process of discovery, you know, with her, with Maggie, because of course, like, I mean, the, the acting is, is something where she's absolutely not a first time director because she is an actress and she's done it so much and she has such intuition about that. But actually, not just that, you know, it was like, it was a joke because every time she would say, oh, I don't really know about that. And then it would start, the conversation would start with a DP or with the editor or with a sound about designer the or with the music. And, and right away it was very clear that she did have an opinion and she did understand and she did have a vision about everything. And every time it would be like, oh, well, you know, I don't know about lenses. I don't know. that. And five minutes. No, I want that lens and this lens and that lens. You know, it was very clear. She knew everything. I've um, I've watched a lot of interviews with Maggie and the cast and the environment that you're talking about they they look at each other like they're in love with each other when they're speaking it's it seems like such a loving um yeah space that she created I was wondering um where do you fit into that is it you know on this film were you supporting it in any particular way that might be different from something else that you've worked on and then the second part of the question is I'm really interested in um, you, how you two re- work with each other because Lowry and Maisie they produce together and um, it's it's just really interesting to know what sustains that relationship and yeah how can we all collaborate better I think that generally we as producers are nurturers like the way that we produce is very much about um, being there and supporting and finding the space and allowing for everyone and trying to make everyone happy so if it was like from the little things of like just welcoming everyone on the pier as they were arriving 
and just thinking of the small things and really making sure that we create an environment that gives everyone the space to do what they want to do and need to do in, in a really supportive environment. I think it's about, Maggie said this in her speech in the Spirit Awards, at the end of the day, it's about love. And, and you know, it sounds cliched, but it's actually true. Like, actually, we all, like, deeply love each other. And I think, like, you know, we and Maggie fell madly in love with each other. I think all the actors fell madly in love with Maggie. And, and each other. And each other. And, and I think also the other thing is that we actually cast really wonderful human beings. Oh, and it was, you know, really every single one of them, just wonderful, wonderful human beings. That's the magic at the end of the day. Like you, you would have these scenes, and, and this goes to the crew as well, but like everyone in the crew, like yeah. the production assistants, the Greeks, like everyone came every day with so much love and just like focused on how do we make the best of this yeah. day. We love what we do. We know that we're so fortunate to wake up every day to do something we love and be able to choose filmmakers and stories that we want to tell. Um, but more than anything, we just really wanted to make sure that everyone involved was kind. Yeah. And, and But we didn't have to do much because everyone exactly. involved was kind. It was a special experience. It's not always like that. And I think for us, we felt, okay, well, actually, this is how it should always be. Yeah. So how It ruined us. To, it's ruined us for everything. So we're like, okay, how do we make sure it's always like this? So Besides just doing everything, everything with on, Maggie. And everything on a Greek island. Yeah. Yeah, it's making me smile. I feel that's so lovely to hear. I wanted to ask you both. Uh, we had s spoken about this, um, n the like the film. N the three of us don't have children, but we each have mothers. Um, and we were just kind of like diving into um, like what, you know, mother, how motherhood is kind of represented um, at, in this film and how I... Uh, full honesty I mean the episode's gonna come out um but I was like I couldn't I couldn't understand it and I felt really kind of confused with um with a lot of uh Olivia Coleman's character's choices like in the beginning well actually it was more when you kind of dive into um everything that uh Jesse Buckley was doing um but I wonder from your perspective, um, you know, on motherhood and on this film in particular, why do you think that it's important to um, show motherhood in every kind of light? There is something, when I became a mother, um, I have two kids. On one side, you feel really as happy, as, it's such a cliche, but it's true. It's like the happiest moments, but moments, so many of them of your life, something else has been created that is more than anything you could ever hope for. But it's there's moments where it's difficult and you kind of try to find the space for yourself as a woman and you want a career and you want to do this and you want to see friends, which you don't for a while. And, you know, how are you as a, um, you know, as a partner and, and all these other things. And everywhere, everything I saw on TV or on film or most of it, I won't say everything, the mothers were always either saints that will do anything for their kids, which mothers a lot are, or they were the devil, you know, horrible mothers, bad mommies. And that's never the truth about anything. I mean, everything is complex and layered. And I think we make choices and then we might regret them. And I think for us, it was so important to show, first of all, women who are trying to find their way and conflicted and, and, and not always happy and 
never to judge them, to have a lot of compassion <clears throat> to all the characters, by the way, to Nina, to Callie, to Leda. <clears throat> all of these women are round, you know, interesting, um, powerful, each in her own way, and, and flawed, because we're, we're humans and we're flawed. But, and we wanted to be able to show that and maybe say, just say to all of these <laughs> all of the women and all of the parents, like, it's so okay. You can say that you're having a bad day and you can, you can say that going, you know, to a petting zoo is not what you want to do, really. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think it's funny. I, I've said this a few times. I think we didn't realize quite how radical what we were doing was until people started writing like essays and articles in like every newspaper, like 10, like I think we had 10 pieces in The Guardian about the movie and motherhood, you know, just because... I don't think we realized how radical it was and how much shame there is, how much shame there is around not being able to cut it or feeling like you're not doing what you're supposed to do as a parent and you're not feeling what you're supposed to feel because you're never shown this very dark side. And I can, under, you know, and I can understand what you're saying, like you can't fully understand everything she's doing because she also goes one step further, you know, than maybe a lot of people do, but then many people do actually also go there. And I think maybe sometimes if you're seen and, and you say, okay, you know, I'm not a terrible person. What I'm doing is not terrible. What, what I'm feeling is not terrible. What I'm feeling is actually very normal and natural. And everybody feels that way. Everybody feels helpless. Everybody feels they can't do it. Some of the time, you know, every single mother on the planet Earth has felt like she couldn't do it. Like she couldn't do it anymore. That she was a terrible mother. That she was hurting her children. Everyone has felt that at some point. I think that putting that into the world so people can talk about it and not feel guilty and not feel ashamed, I think for us, that's the greatest gift. It's better than a hundred Oscars or a hundred anything. You know, obviously we want to win everything, but that's not, but it's, this is more, you know, it's so much more valuable, honestly. And I think until we got those responses and the, read those articles and, you know, I think we didn't realize just quite how radical it was. But I will say that in, we, Maggie and I were in Telluride and it was one of the it was the first time we saw the movie with like a normal audience because a, a regular audience, because in Venice, it's mostly it was mostly film people. And I think we, we were walking down the street in Telluride and someone recognized Maggie and came up to her and said, thank you. Thank you for putting that woman on the screen. And I looked at Maggie and I said, yeah, you know, yeah. We did what we wanted to do. We can go home. We can go home, do the laundry, help everything, you <laughs> yeah. know. Like Maggie likes to say, it will bring you to your knees. And, and we need to be able to just say that and not feel like terrible people. Well, I can't thank you enough for yeah, bringing that to the world because it means so much to me and, and, and I know to the girls as well. You know, even if there's parts of it we don't understand, it's so nice to explore that and try and understand and relate it back to our experiences. So... Um, although you might have put Lowry off kids for life because that's what she said earlier on. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. No, no. no. You know, but, do, you know, we support you whatever you decide. We support but also, all I your think, choices. I think there's something about this movie that is beyond just the, the idea of motherhood. I think it's about bringing these incredible female characters that are so different from each other and 
each has I, something you relate to, something you identify from yourself, or you know, from the people if, around it's, you. if it's because, you know, you, you would move the chair when you're asked, or maybe you would love to tell them you're not moving or just all these little things. And, and part of, I think what we're trying to bring to the world is kind of to say, women need to stop apologizing really and 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 also we need to see real women on screen whatever it is they're doing they need to be real they need to reflect our real experiences and i think the way to do that is have more women make movies exactly you know because because nobody else can tell our experience like that and and i think like if we have more of that then it makes the world a better place thank you so much for this chat this has been brilliant i feel like i could just listen i uh, well firstly i wish i was on the set because it sounds incredible (laughs) so a lot of people do next time next time you come i will actually hold you to that it was so good hearing about everything and i mean i guess this is a bit of an aside really but what are you guys what are you guys doing now have you got more things on well we actually shot two other movies after the last or like in the last two years we shot three movies which was a lot uh, given the pandemic um the last we're editing a film called my happy ending which is actually a british israeli co-production that we shot in wales with andy mcdowell miriam margulies tamsin greg um sally Sally phillips Racky for a heart. It was, which was an incredible experience. So I think we're finishing this now and um, we'll see what's next. Yeah. Cool. Oh, well, that's great. I'm looking forward to that. Do you know what? Just some, just something that I just wanted to mention as well. It's so nice to meet women like you because I think we've got, we've got so much aspir- aspirations for what we want to make and how we want to collaborate. And sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, sh- should I be being a little bit uh, less, um, a little bit more like professional, like this is work, but the way that you speak about your work is the way that I wanna work and the way that we work together. So it's just so inspiring and love to hear it. If it's not fun, don't do it. That's, you know, no, and, and it, think, not, it isn't always fun, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> No, but I think there's another thing that we try to do, which is I, I think that we really try, especially with other female producer, uh, there is, you know, there's like these, we, we had a few occasions where we met these young filmmakers, female filmmakers, and I think the project wasn't for us. We weren't right for it because we believe that we need to be so passionate about a film and have like the ability to support the vision. But we've been like just helping them along as they're doing stuff, you know, from afar without actually being associated because I think it's important for us as women in this industry to make sure that as many women get to tell their story and be present and have, you know, just lift everyone up. So the next time you were financing a movie and you're getting into that room, the decision makers are partly women and maybe they get it. And then you get the 50 million, you know, (laughs) it's, it's just supporting and, and making sure that we, which is what you're doing with this podcast and having us over and being so lovely and acknowledging the film. That's a huge part of it. Well, you are so welcome anytime <laughs> on every movie that you make. Okay, so final thoughts on The Lost Daughter, girls. Do you know what? I've completely 180. <laughs> <laughs> Shock. No, do you know what? I, uh, in, I think... When you look at the message and the content of this movie is um, amazing 
and I have kind of 180'd on that. And I thought that I didn't like the film, but I think it's it's like the context of the film, but I actually really love what this film is about. Um, and people should really go and watch it because it's a very important message. Yeah. I think after listening to Osnat and Talia, I feel like their love for the film and the love that was obviously around when they were making the film is so prominent on the screen and it like it makes sense now knowing what it was like filming it. Like the loving look between um, Olivia Coleman and Dakota Johnson makes complete sense. And also uh, Olivia Coleman and Paul Mescal, I feel like we didn't chat about that very much, mm. but that the love between them two as well. And it's just all, it just, just shows that you just got to be, just got to be really lovely when you're on a <laughs> film set. And it, pays off i we had a conversation in maybe last series or the series before about um creating a set in which um people feel safe and how you do that and um thinking of yourselves as like not a family and that you are creating like work and from speaking with osna and, Ta- and talia it's just so interesting to have their perspective on how you create a, a a great working relationship and collaboration and for this film their way of working just really really works and um I'm so inspired by the the themes in this and that it's something different and that it's a different um lead even even though Olivia Coleman is as, as massive as she is telling a bit of a different story um and I'm inspired by by the two of them and um yeah I really really enjoyed speaking about this film same yeah. Thank you so much for picking it. Yeah, an excellent choice. Oh, thanks. Tell you what, should we come back here again? Same time. Same time next week? <laughs> what film should we do? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode. Next week, we're going to be talking about The Batman, the new Batman film directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano and Colin Farrell. It's available to watch in cinemas in the UK at the moment, so I really encourage you to go watch it. Make sure you follow us on at Frank Film Club on Instagram for updates, but we'll see you next week. This podcast was presented by Wrapped. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.